Well, good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And this is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is the famous Pastor (laughs) Curtis King. I am the most famous Pastor Curtis King in Niagara Falls, New York. I, I think I have topped them all. Yeah. And you are the most famous Pastor Richard Lejeune in all of Connecticut. I don't know that there's even another Lejeune living in the state of Connecticut. So there might, there might not be. You may be the most famous Pastor Lejeune in all of New England. I would say that's likely. I'm probably the only Pastor Lejeune yeah. in all of New England. <laughs> there are lots of Pastor Kings. There are lots of Pastor Kings, not too many Pastor Lejeunes. And in fact, uh, here, uh, I have people um, often they'll say, now that fellow you do the podcast with uh, Lejeune. Um, uh, <laughs> That's okay. Le- <laughs> I have church members who I've pastored for five years who can't say my last name right. So <laughs> it's all good. The uh, the Marine base, Camp Lejeune, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? It's spelled just like your name, right? Yeah. So uh, this is an interesting little factoid. The family, and I'm not part of this, but the family who is connected to that base, the Lejeune family that's connected to that base, they have petitioned the U.S. government to teach the new soldiers coming in there to pronounce it Lejeune instead of Lejeune. Really? Yes. Okay. So so I'm assuming that being the case, that that means there is a high-ranking military official years ago named Lejeune that it's named after. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Yeah. And, and somewhere and his along the lines. descendants, right, have requested that. Now, uh, someone has, someone listening to this is going to have taken French or, or French is going to be their native language. And they're going to say it's, but it's not Lejeune either. Technically, it's Lejeune. Lejeune. But it's a lot <laughs> easier to say Lejeune than Lejeune, getting people to say that. So, and and another interesting thing is Lejeune or Lejeune translates in English to the young. Oh, and so okay. A lot of people who have the last name Young that came over from France, they translated their name into English and they dropped the, and so their last name is Young. I had no, how long have we known each other? Mm. Uh, you didn't know for, that? It, it's, it's almost forever. A long time. Right? Uh, it's, 2009 okay, so, we met. So okay, all right, 2009. Okay, and so it's almost 2022. So we're going on 13 years. I, and uh, 13 years, I never knew that. I never knew that. So I am young. I am. Yes, young you are. In in more ways than one. Multi- you are literally young. Wow that that is pretty impressive. That really is. You learn something new every day. Hey, you know what I was just thinking? We uh, we talked. Okay, I'm going to check the time. We talked for over 40 minutes before we started recording. Yep. You know, it would be so cool if people could just eavesdrop in on our conversations. <laughs> well, portions of it. Yeah, portions I of it. I want them to eavesdrop <laughs> on all of it. Well, yeah, there is one little thing that we talked about there. They're probably not need to go out to the general public there. But uh, but uh, seriously, I, I, I was thinking in the middle of what we were talking about earlier that, man, it, it would, I think people would really, um, uh, find some insight on a Christian friendship if they could just eavesdrop in on the things that we and just insight in ministry in general. And um, now we, uh, we have people curious about what we were talking about earlier. And uh, some people, they just operate this way. And so if you think we were talking about you, 
We were. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. In yeah. fact, uh, the okay, you right there who's watching this. All right, okay, wait, where's uh, you? Yeah, we were specifically talking about you and what a nut you are. Okay, but but it was him that was doing all the talking. I was just nodding my head, agreeing. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Guy. You were egging me him. on. You, he lives you in Connecticut. I don't know him, man. but you're. It sounds like this guy's a, a wackadoodle kook nut. Uh, and, um, and you said he goes to your church. In fact, I'm looking at, um, uh, he, he, is he the one that you said sits right over there? Is that- <laughs> You're getting me in trouble now. Uh, it's married to that crazy woman. Is that <laughs> next week? We'll talk about your church members. So. <laughs> oh, hey, I got to tell you, man, our church members. Good night. We, we had a, uh, almost normal attendance this past Sunday. Okay. Um, but man, we, we had COVID, uh, stomach bug and flu go through our church all at the same time. Yikes. It, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And, um, and then of course there's some folks that really didn't have any of them, but we're just, you know, and it wasn't just our church, the whole, the whole area here has, has been going through all three of those things. Schools have been hit. Um, but, uh, man. This has been wild, just wild. So um, I'm hoping that once 2022 gets here, that uh, we'll do a little better. Yeah. So we we had a great day Sunday morning. Um, I got to give a big shout out to Pastor Andrew McGuire. Yeah. Uh, We just restarted our choir. They've only sang in church prior to Sunday a couple of times, and he's working really hard with them. And so he came to me six, seven, eight weeks ago and said, Pastor, what are we doing for Christmas as far as the music program? And I thought, uh, well, I don't think we're doing anything. What did you have in mind? So he took the time and he really worked hard to put this music program together, wrote all the narration and, uh, boy, made up the flyers and um, got them out in the community. And, and he really worked hard to make Sunday a big day. Yeah. And we packed this building out. I think we had more in attendance maybe than any day we've had all year. I haven't seen the final number, but we had a, the kids choir sing. Uh, we had uh, our choir sing a couple of songs. It, it was fantastic. And we had four or five people get saved in the church service. Oh, that's fantastic. So, praise the Lord. Wow. Praise the Lord. I, I love Andrew and Callie. That man, they are awesome. They are absolutely awesome. I am, I am so thankful. He has been such a good friend to Joseph. And, um, I think I've said on here before that, um, uh, they call themselves the lads. It's my son, Joseph, your assistant pastor, Andrew and Justin, uh, who is nicknamed Nitsudge. I don't know if you knew that, but, um, that's Justin spelled backwards. But anyway, um, uh, that little crew of guys, um, it is exactly what every dad hopes, every Christian dad hopes that his son will, we'll find a, a niche into. So praise God. Uh, I've told Andrew over and over and over again that he is an answer to my prayers. Uh, and I mean that. I love that guy. Yeah. Great guy. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, now that we've gotten through talking about Andrew, let's move on and tell a real joke. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> find one? <laughs> I found something funny. I, I don't even know if I can call this a joke, but we were told, uh, was it last week that our jokes are horrible and uh, by someone who loves you dearly that I don't believe I know yet, but said that we tell them like pastors, which, you know, 
if you're a plumber, you're going to tell jokes like plumbers. If you're an electrician, you're going to tell jokes like an electrician. If you're a pastor, you're going to tell jokes like a pastor. So my apologies to the kind gentleman that, um, that slandered us, but he did say my awful joke was better than your awful joke. Well, I will say that I'm very hurt by Jason's choice of your joke. (laughs) You had to say his name. (laughs) I don't want, yes, Jason Magnarella. I'm throwing you out, throwing you under the bus, Jason. And I'll tell you why I'm throwing him under the bus because I, uh, I love that guy. And, um, and he votes every, every time he votes, he votes for you. He never votes for me. So uh, I don't expect you to be objective. I expect you to be biased toward your pastor. So just throwing that out there. Now, is Jason the one you were talking about before the program starts that you said is horribly ugly? Is, oh, is, now. Why, why'd you have, <laughs> now you're throwing me under the bus. <laughs> no, I'm teasing Jason. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. I just like to, I like to see your pastor's face turn red. That's what it is. <laughs> I can make it turn red if I try real hard. So, oh, goodness. Well, hey, I got this is not really a joke, but it is really funny and it is really identifiable. No, that's not right. It's um, I connect with this. Okay. Okay. So a relatable. person said, was that relatable? relatable. Thank There's you. Your All right. So a person said, um, uh, they said that, uh, at the beginning of this year, I made a new year's resolution to lose 10 pounds and now I only have 15 to go. <laughs> so not a joke, but it is funny in a very sick, twisted kind of way. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> well, I'm going to change directions then, and I'm going to share something that's funny and relatable uh, that isn't a joke either, because my joke was super, super, super lame this week. And so this is both funny and relatable. Um, I heard a pastor say once, he said, it's not what you eat between Thanksgiving and Christmas that gets you in trouble. It's what you eat between Christmas and Thanksgiving that gets you in trouble. That is so true. That is so true. Of course, I have to say that I have done enough damage between Thanksgiving and now to where it may take me from Christmas to Thanksgiving to, to get undo all the yeah. damage I have done. I, I have some sweet folks in our church and they like to bake goodies and sweets and cookies. And um, yeah, and I, I have had three, four, five boxes of homemade sweets dropped off in my office. About half of those make them home. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I Sunday I got buried. I, oh my goodness, I got buried in a good way, in yeah. a really good way. And um, yeah, and and yesterday I had folks dropping stuff off at church. So wow, wow. Well, hey, everybody, vote. Okay, uh, uh, po- post in the comments how you like mine better than Pastor Lejeune. Le- 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 Young, yes. Pastor Young. Yeah, Pastor Young. Uh, or if you like Pastor Young's, I really need to encourage folks to vote for Pastor Lejeune because I have beaten him so many times that I think we need to throw him a bone or else he's going to get discouraged. So <laughs> I've got beyond 11 minutes. In. I appreciate into that. The, uh, yes, that's what I do best. That's my spiritual gift. So you want to take a minute and uh, tell everybody where we have been and uh, and then we'll get started and see if we can get three of these to maybe done today, two, maybe uh, we'll see, see where how we far get. we can take it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about marriage. Uh, our name of our podcast is Monday Medicine. Play on words because that's what us pastors do. Marriage Medicine. And we're looking at some marriage advice, both for those who are married and those who hope to be married one day. 
And so we've looked at all kinds of, uh, of qualities that are important in marriage. We're currently going over 10 tips, 10 marriage tips. And we believe that if you can take these 10 tips and put them into practice, then you'll see uh, your, your marriage improve. No matter where it is, it'll get better. I know I've been working on these 10 tips in my marriage over the last few weeks, and, and God's been good. The first one we looked at was uh, the concept of being kind and being kind consistently, not taking a break from being kind. Even when the other one isn't kind, you're still kind. So then we uh, last week, we, we looked at three. We looked at making church a priority, and we talked about church not just being something that's optional that you do, and that Sunday not just giving a couple of hours to the Lord, but making the whole day the Lord's day as a family, and making church a priority. That needs to be the center of the hub of the wheel of your marriage, obviously the Lord, but the Lord and church, uh, getting his church idea. there and, and, and worshiping the Lord together at church, washing your spouse with the water of God's word and your lives revolve around the Lord and your involvement at church. So making church a priority. Then we look really quick at two concepts, uh, tips three and four were don't be selfish. Uh, selfishness is a cancer in a marriage and will destroy a marriage. And the more selfless the two of you can be, the more you can esteem the other, the better off you are. And then the golden rule comes into play when one of you has been selfish, uh, do unto others, not as they do unto you, but as you would have them do unto you. So be the solution in your marriage and don't wait for the other one. Pastor King, I tell couples that are having hard times, I tell them on a regular basis, I say, uh, one of you has to change your behavior if the marriage is going to improve. And I tell them, I said, now I've given this a lot of thought of which one should change their behavior first, mm-hmm. the husband or the wife. And I have come to the conclusion that the more mature of the two of you should change your behavior first. <laughs> oh, that's good. I've never thought, I, I, can I, I want to write that down. I'm going to use that. Well, I'm more mature than her, or I'm more mature than him. Well, then go prove it. Uh, yeah, let's prove it. That is, yeah. you are a genius. You are a genius. I sat under a great leader for many years. Um, yes, you did. Yes, you did. And I gleaned many things. So, yeah, your dad really is a good man. He sure He's is. He's a good man. <laughs> so, that brings us into today's tips. And we're looking at the fifth, if you're counting here, writing them down, the fifth tip is parenting agreement. Philippians 3.16 says, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Pastor King, why don't you give us some thoughts on parenting agreement? Yes. the um, I hope my volume's okay. I just heard something weird going on there. But um, uh, Philippians 3.16 is a verse that is talking about church unity. Um, just a few verses later after that, it talks about Yodius and Syntyche how they need to be of the same mind in the Lord. The Philippian church was a really, really super good church. And there's really not a lot of rebuke going on in the book of Philippians, but there is that one part about Yodius and Syntyche that they need to, they need to get along with each other. And um, um, so building up to that, uh, it's really a verse about how that a church needs to strive to be on the same page. Okay. Now, if the word of God says this is the way it ought to be, then that's the way it ought to be. But there are a lot of things that are not addressed in the word of God um, you know, God never really talks about um, what brand of salt to use on your sidewalks. 
You know what I'm saying? God really never talks about what brand of, of a window cleaner to spray on your windshield and windows at your church to clean them. He doesn't really talk about if you need large, medium, or small garbage cans in the fellowship hall and on and on and on. And so it's a verse saying, let's walk by the same rule. Let's mind the same thing. Let's be on the same page. Okay. But I love to use that uh, verse in, um, uh, to translate into other areas of life, such as parenting. Because with a, a, a husband and a wife with parents, you've got to be on the same page. And what happens is you get this young couple that they are just madly in love with each other and they get married and they're just enjoying marriage so much. And then along comes a baby and this baby has, has the need of some structure, somebody to say, we are going to do this. We are not going to do that. And, and here you've got the husband that wants to do it either the way his parents did or the opposite of the way his parents did. And here you've got the wife that wants to do it either the way her parents did or the opposite of the way they did. And sometimes they are drastically different. Sometimes they are a little different. And uh, so walking by the same rule and minding the same thing just means that you've got to come to agreement on, on some things. Now, here's what I would say. Um, my wife and I do not share every every intricate detail of every Christian moral standard exactly the same. Okay. We just don't. Okay. Um, just like no other married couple has ever been exactly in the same belief spot or, um, you know, when, when you're talking about things like music, when you're talking about things like dress and modesty, when you're talking about things like what you can and can't watch on TV and you're talking about all these things, there are no two human beings alike, let alone a husband and wife are not going to be alike. But here's the thing. I raised four kids and I don't believe any of them ever had any idea that we differed on something um, um, at all. And, and as far as they were concerned, we agreed on everything. When we did disagree, it was never in front of the kids. Amen. <laughs> So, um, but there is no issue we did not talk through, okay? No issue that we did not talk through. I, let me just throw a couple of real quick examples out, and then I'm going to let you take it. Um, we uh, we decided before, um, uh, when, when Kurt was a baby, he's our oldest, that uh, when the time came, we were not going to allow our children to go over other children's homes to spend the night, okay? Now, if you do that, that's fine. I'm not against that, Okay. Part of the reason why we came to that conclusion was that I'm a pastor. And sometimes you get people in the church that, that are new at this Christianity thing. And they do. And, and they feel like that if you can just get part of the preacher's house inside of our house, then, then that might help fix everything when in fact it would not. And I thought, I don't want my children to be used as, as, um, salt, sugar, pepper, whatever ingredients to sprinkle inside their house to try to fix their problems. Um, so, uh, but uh, even if I were not a pastor, I think that there's a good chance I probably would have done it. Now we did make exceptions. If we were going to, Jan and I needed to go out of town and we needed them to stay with somebody, we would pick. Okay. None of our kids like that rule, but now they all say, oh, you better believe we're going to have that rule. <laughs> okay. That's how that because as they grew works. up, yeah. was that? That's how that always works, right? The kids well, are the rules our kids hate the least. They end up loving the most when they're when it's their turn to be a parent. They have seen so many of their friends get totally messed up 
at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally grossly messed up at a sleepover. Okay. Um, I, I, I can name people whose lives were ruined. I mean, destroyed at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not saying it's always wrong. I'm, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not, but, um, that is something that my wife and I, we were just kids ourselves. We were in our twenties. We had long discussions about that and we both would go back and forth on this thing. And, but by the time Kurt was old enough to do sleepovers, we had nailed it down. Kurt never had any idea that I had had my wishy-washy moments on it. Janet had had her wishy-washy moments on it. Cause by the time that, that we did not wait until they were invited to a sleepover to make up a rule. Okay. Um, we, uh, we did not allow our kids to watch some things on TV that were probably okay for them to watch on TV. Okay. Probably would have been just fine, but we did feel like that you can't let them watch everything that's clean. So just pick the most clean, yeah. you know, and, um, uh, and even at that, I think we watch too much TV uh, today. It's even a little more challenging with all the other forms of entertainment. But um, what I'm saying is that le- you have to leave no stone unturned and somebody has to give a little bit. Both of you have to give a little bit and you have to, you have to come to agreement on these things or else your kids are going to drive a wedge between you and your marriage can suffer greatly because of your children. If you don't handle this agreement, right. I'll let you take it. Well, yeah, let me jump in right there. Kids are master manipulators. Amen. Every one of them. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your kids are. They're born with the sin nature. They're master manipulators and all children seek to the, divide and conquer. If they can get dad or mom on their team against the other one, they absolutely will every single time. And don't say not my junior. Yes, your junior is well yep. there all that way. And so you, you have to make sure that you make it very clear to your children at two, three years old, the very first time they try to do that, you, you have to put your foot down and both of you have to be very, very firm that they're not going to, they're not going to divide and conquer. They're not going to be divisive uh, with the two of you. I'll say this too, Pastor King. I see that a lot of couples who are having a hard time in a marriage prior to children, they have this crazy thought that if they can have a child, that somehow that will be the medicine that will fix their marriage problems. And anyone with a kid knows how crazy that sounds, but there are those that don't have children that think maybe that will help. You know, it's like this rallying cry will come around the child and we'll both pour our love onto this child and everything will be great. And it just never works that way. You need to make sure that your marriage is in a good place uh, and you're ready. uh, You're ready relationally to to bring a child in the world. Um, I encourage parents, uh, whether you have kids or not, I encourage parents to sit down, husband and wife, and develop a two sentence to three sentence long mission statement for yeah, your home yeah. and come up with the end game. What, what do you want your kids to become when they're 18 to 25 years old? What is yep. the end game? And that really will help the two of you develop your, your parenting philosophy. Yeah. Well, Pastor will. King, I think a lot of couples, they have kids and they just bounce like a, a ping pong ball. They just kind of bounce around uh, and they're reactionary in their nature and then they turn around and their kid's 25 and they think, well, where did the time go? Yeah. There was never a goal or purpose or thought of, 
what Christian values and morals? What are the academic standards we want to hold our kids to? That sort of thing. And, and so it's important that you know the, the end game and that you work backwards to where your child is and your discipline of the child, uh, your um, uh, training of the child, the programs you put your child in. Uh, a lot of parents, I think they want to have godly children, mm-hmm. but then their kids get old enough to get involved in sports or karate or whatever it is, and they get their kids involved in these things and they turn around and their child's 18 doesn't want to go to church anymore. Right. And it just, right. they never really sat down and, and, and uh, plan that. So having a parenting agreement is, is so important. I love what you said about being on the same page together and mm-hmm. having those disagreements and working through those disagreements in private. It's yeah. Very important for the children. There are a lot of things that Christian parents disagree on that are really not that big of a deal. Okay. They're just really not. And, um, you know, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And this may, you know, this may be the only point we get done today. And if that's the case, so be it. But, um, part of Janet's upbringing that she just loved. And I hope I'm not stepping on you or anybody else. Okay. She loved coloring Easter eggs and having an Easter egg hunt with her sister. Okay. I was one of those hard nosed guys that that's of the devil, you know? And, um, and, <laughs> and uh, so, um, but you know what, over time I started realizing that, you know, this really means a lot to Janet. It really, really does. She just is something that she loved from her childhood is something she wanted to do with our kids. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to let the kids do the whole thing. You're and compromiser. Low down. Sorry. Good for nothing. You but, but when, when I got down to, to the end of it, and now my kids are all grown. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. And, you know, and what I would say, listen, if there's somebody watching that is of the way I used to feel toward that, I get it. Okay, I get it. You say, but there's paganism in that. Well, you know what? Sunday is called Sunday because it's the day to worship the sun in mythology. Monday is the day to worship the moon. Okay. Thursday is the day to worship Thor. Yeah, Saturday is the day to worship Saturn. Okay. Yeah. So listen, if, if you want to get rid of everything that's got paganism, paganism in it, good luck getting rid of all that. Okay. It's, it's baked into our culture, but you're yeah. raising your family in church. You're raising your family to memorize the Bible and love the Lord. Uh, these little ancillary things, we can nitpick each other to death. It, yeah. And I'm, and I get it. I do. If you don't want to do Easter at all, I get it. I do. That's fine. And I'm not going to argue with you. This plays back into the parenting agreement thing where exactly if both you and your husband feel that way, that's great. Be consistent with it. Uh, but, but be amicable and learn, learn what, what hill to die on and not die on in your marriage. And my children never knew that I had any discomfort with that. They will now. They watch this podcast. <laughs> well, we've talked about now that they're oh, adults. Okay. okay. But they never knew I had any discomfort. And by the way, if you think you raise pagan kids by letting them color eggs, my kids are all in the ministry. Okay. They all love, the, they're all soul winning now. They're all leading yeah. people to Christ right now. They're faithful in church, raising godly kids. So you can't tell me that, that coloring some eggs 
you know, and, and again, if you don't want to do it, I get it. I'll, I would support you to the death. I would, because that's your home. But what I would say is that what Richard just, Pastor Lejeune <laughs> just said, is you got to be amicable about this and, and you have to come to agreement and the kids can't see mom sees it that way. Dad sees it that way. No, you're married. You're one. Two have become one. I have two things, two points I quickly want to make. The first one is learn to bite your lip. Learn to shut your mouth. When your spouse has a strong point that's being made in front of the kids and inwardly you're going, I don't believe that at all. (laughs) Just shut up. (laughs) I know that's not a nice way of saying it, but you can, you can have enough self-control Yep. To get your wits about you and talk about it while the kids are sleeping in their beds. Yes. Disagree later. Go out to eat and disagree there, right? Go for a walk in the park and disagree. But you have to have enough self-control to shut your mouth and not not bicker in front of the kids over it. And look, I'm not I'm not perfect at that. I can't say my kids have never seen my wife and I disagree on something the way Pastor King said uh, has, but we work really hard at it. And then the second point I would make uh, that fits back into the Easter egg thing is grace. Show grace. Show grace yeah. to other believers who don't see things the way you do. Show grace to each other. Yeah. Jan and I are not the first Christians who ever lived that have disagreed over Easter eggs. Yeah. We won't be the last Christians to disagree over Easter eggs. This, this, will, be dis- each other. this will be disagreed with for centuries to come until Jesus comes back. And th- there's got to be a kindness and a love. Uh, you know, and, and if you want to point to my paganism, well, I can start pointing at some of your paganism too. But, um, hey, we did not get anywhere near as far as we had hoped, but maybe next week, week we can make up for some lost time.